Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm a yoga teacher with over 15 years of experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is to help yoga teachers transform their teaching by mastering the fundamentals of anatomy. By learning anatomy in my easy step-by-step way, you'll be able to confidently share it in your cues, easily create sequences, and you'll eagerly answer student questions. And all along the way, you'll increase your impact and earning potential. On the podcast here, you will hear anatomy lessons, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. Once you listen to today's episode, go ahead and visit barebonesyoga.com, my website, for free resource guides for teachers. Download any and all that are there, including one of my most popular tools, my sequence building template. And if you'd like, send me a one-line email with the answer to this question. What's your biggest frustration right now as a yoga teacher? And I'm happy to do some brainstorming with you in a free coaching session. My email address is karen at barebonesyoga.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. Let's get to today's episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 175. I'm super excited to share this episode with you. This is an, a conversation with a dear friend of mine and just an esteemed professional and scientist and just wealth of knowledge, Dr. Rachel Pajednik. And we're going to go quickly to that episode. So I'm not going to keep you here in the intro portion too much longer. And you'll hear about Rachel's background. And we're going to go into a really interesting conversation about nutrition. And we're actually going to tie it just really directly uh, towards the end of the conversation to yoga, yoga teaching, yoga practice. So I really think this is gonna be a cool one for you. I just wanna make one quick note, I'm recording this episode on Monday, March 21st. And this Thursday, the 24th, I'm hosting a free workshop all about how to make queuing and sequencing easier. So to sign up for that free workshop, just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com and right on the events page, you will see the link to enroll. So that is all I've got. Let's go right into that episode. Here we go. I can't wait for you to meet Rachel Pajednik. Hi friend, I'm so sorry. That's okay. Don't worry about it at all. We got out late and then I had two students like hanging outside my office door and they were like, yeah. I figured take a deep breath. Totally <laughs> fine. Where are you right now? In Northfield, Vermont. Welcome to my office. How do you like my uniform? I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, well, it's so, so good to see you. And I know that we have like a million things we could catch up on. I want to just be mindful of your time. Thank you so much for, for connecting with me. Um, oh my goodness. Pleasure. I'm so grateful. Oh, of course. And when I saw your post about your nutrition course, I thought this is a perfect topic to hear more about and give people a chance to find out more about how they can enroll and what they stand to gain. So I want to really sort of hone in on that, although I know that there are 
so many things that we could talk about and so many different areas that we can that we can go. I actually, before we connected, I forgot to look and see the last time you were on the podcast, which was a while ago. I mean, I think so. Yeah. 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 I mean, obviously you were living in Massachusetts and now you're living in Vermont, but um, yeah. Yeah. and didn't we go, I think I went to the podcast. The, oh, like, maybe you did in Austin. Studio. Yeah. 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 The podcast garage. Yes. That's the one. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I actually do everything. That was a, a little bit of time. And, and then I just was recording from wherever I was home basically. And it was much easier. So, so why don't we do this? Why don't you um, start out by just telling the listeners a little bit about your background and what you do right now to reach people? Yeah, sure. So I am a longtime member of the Boston fitness community. I had lived in Boston for 21 years, which makes me older than I think I should be, but Um, I recently moved to Vermont. So when COVID happened, my husband and I escaped up here, which we thought was going to be only for a few weeks, I think, as we all sort of thought way back in March of 2020. Um, And then it turned into a year online. And I was a professor at Simmons University in the nutrition department there, working with um, aspiring dietitians. So we trained all the registered dietitians in that department. And then realized that this was going to be kind of a long-term thing. And an opportunity came up at Norwich University to be their program director of the exercise science department here. And so I sadly left Boston and Simmons, but needed to do a little bit of life living up here in Vermont. And we relocated and I took this position at Norwich and have been here since doing some really amazing work looking at performance nutrition with tactical athletes and some supplementation strategies um, to help with performance in first responders, in war fighters, and in other, you know, populations of people that need to essentially be an athlete for their job. Got it. Right. So people that are under a high level of stress in addition to needing to perform. Exactly. Both physically and mentally. Yeah. Now, the listeners obviously can't see, but I can see that you're wearing a uniform. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes. So Norwich is in um, central Vermont. It is the one of the oldest or maybe the oldest senior military colleges in the United States. And so it was actually the birthplace of ROTC. And so about two thirds to three quarters of our student population are in what we call the Corps of Cadets and or ROTC. So they are essentially training to be officers in the military. So we've got the Navy and Marine Corps, Air Force, Army, and then also Space Force um, that they are training to be officers in up here. And um, the other group of about one third or one quarter or so of students are civilians, but oftentimes they go into what are called the alphabet offices in the uh, government. So this would be like FBI, CIA. So they tend to be a part of that world or first responders. So police, firefighters, EMTs. Um, So it's a pretty targeted education up here. And as you can see, um, all of the faculty up here wear our uniforms. So I have been commissioned 
in the Vermont State Militia as a major, <laughs> in addition to my faculty appointment. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of like being knighted by the queen, I guess, you exactly. know, exactly an additional qualification that you have. Exactly. So um, before we dive into the nutrition part, tell people a little bit about your, because this is sort of a, a, a shift somewhat, I mean, like a new focus, although it's pulling together all of who you are and what you know, um, tell the listeners, especially because so many are yoga teachers, your fitness background. Yeah. So I started out in this area of exercise, um, you know, again, 20 some odd years ago as a personal trainer and as somebody that was just invested in the fitness space, I just believed so strongly in the importance and the value of not only exercise, but just the sort of mental elements that the fitness industry brings to real human beings. Um, so I'm an avid practitioner of yoga myself, and that's how you and I met. I used to take your classes all the time. Um, and so I was in the fitness industry, as I mentioned, starting out over in Porter Square, there was a Bally's Total Fitness in the basement over there. And so that's where I got my start at age 18. Um, and then just sort of came up in the fitness world being a teacher. So I taught, you know, as a personal trainer and I taught the sort of strength training types of things. I um, became a spin instructor sort of halfway through my career and started out at Recycle Studio, also in a basement, which seems like, you know, a theme. Um, and then eventually ended up at Flywheel Sports in Boston. Um, unfortunately, that entire company went down with COVID. But um, yeah, that's sort of where where my my mental space has been shifting. Is that you know alongside the practice that I was developing in the fitness space, I was developing this sort of academic profession where my you know degrees are all in exercise and nutrition. And one of the things that I noticed was that. The fitness industry operates very independently from the academic space and um, they don't talk to each other very well. And I'll throw a third group in there are healthcare providers um, right. that, you know, they've got your academics that are doing the research. You've got your healthcare providers that are working essentially with prevention or, you know, with people that are already ill. And then you've got your fitness professionals that are out there doing an incredible job, um, but there's no network between those three three groups. And so that is really where I have spent the majority of my professional passion is connecting these three spaces. So much of my research when I was in Boston and still continues to be up here, how do we get healthcare providers, physicians, nurse practitioners, PTs referring to exercise professionals or, you know, getting people into the arms of you know, the enthusiasts that, you know, do really know their stuff, they often have degrees in exercise science or certifications with, you know, with the yoga teacher training, it's hundreds of hours of training. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that there's a distrust and in fact, have written a couple of research papers on this distrust between these industries. And so I sort of see it as one of my personal missions to make sure that these groups are talking to one another, mm -hmm. that the health professionals are making the networks with the exercise professionals. The exercise professionals are getting the education, the ongoing education that they need so that the healthcare providers um, trust them. And that in the academic space, we're getting good information based upon our research to both of these groups. So 
Um, I always say that academics suck at Instagram. Um, and I think that's part of the problem is that we yeah. have, you know, a significant amount of, I'm going to call it really well-intentioned misinformation in the health and fitness industry. I think people really care and they want to be doing the right things. I don't think that they're doing it out of, you know, like malice at any point, but I just think that there is a real need for good information in that health and fitness space so that these three groups can really get together and start to trust and talk with one another. Yeah. And when you think about creating a population of people in the world that is healthy, yep. it only stands to reason that all these groups work together, although it seems to run counter to the somewhat reactive mode that the medical profession is built upon rather than the proactive. So I could definitely see how linking those groups up could be helpful. I know from the past couple of years when I would attend, and maybe you could speak a little bit to your organization strong process, because I know in those conferences that you held, it was such a good blend of those three groups, the scientists and the fitness professionals and the medical professionals. Is that still maybe tell us a little bit about how you started that group and what's happening with that right now? Yeah. So strong process was a little company that I started in 2014 that really was at the time. And I think probably still is one of the few little organizations that are trying to connect the dots here in a meaningful way. And that was the need that, you know, I was trying to fulfill is with strong process. It started out and I was so excited. You were there with the, um, doing our, or teaching our yoga first thing in the morning. Yeah. Um, it was a full day forum or even just kind of like a conference um, that basically had three panels, move, eat, and rest, which is sort of the tenet of strong process of the, the three sort of healthy behaviors that keep you, um, you know, lively and, you know, fulfilling and thriving throughout yeah. your entire life. Um, and so each of these panels had four people on them. There was a moderator, which was a prominent member of the fitness industry. And then there were three either scientists or healthcare providers that were on this panel that each gave like a 20 minute talk on either move, eat or rest. And so this happened twice before COVID shut us down. Um, and so we had these two amazing days with you know, kind of like what you said, it was just this blend of people. And I think you probably remember, I had tears in my eyes at the end yes. of both of those conferences, because I just couldn't believe that these people were finally in the same room together and talking to one another. And so really thinking about how do we share good information? How do we get the healthcare providers talking to the fitness providers? How do we get the good evidence-based information to both of these groups? And by the end, you know, we got feedback that was like, my notebook is completely full. I had, I had no idea that scientists were just normal people, you know, like just a lot of preconceived notions, I think were just sort of, you know, barriers that people have to communicating with one another. And we really just broke down those silos each of those days. Yeah. And the thing that really impressed me and I noticed in both times that you held the forums was how there were so many young people and 
whether or not they were drawn by the fitness aspect of it, and that was the connecting point for them, it really didn't matter because they all were so energized by everything that they were hearing. And that to me was so optimistic, you know, in terms of an outlook around interest for these topics. I mean, all you have to do is look at TikTok and there's all these videos of like people that do fitness things or healthy routines in the morning or nutritional. I mean, there's so much content out there of young people that they're producing that are highlighting their interest in all these areas, which, you know, hopefully will push a new generation forward. That's saying to their, you know, physical therapist, Hey, you know, can, should I be doing yoga with this injury or, you know, forging those connections? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's something that I is a, a real sort of front of mind mission as well is thinking about these practices as preventive tools and not just as wraparound services once somebody is already ill. And that's, you know, it's literally something that I think about all day. I teach 18, 19, 20, 21 year olds at universities. And I'm just like, guys, I know you're not thinking about cardiovascular disease and heart disease and cancer, but if you don't, you know, use these behaviors for the lifetime, that's where you're going to end up. And I, like you, am quite optimistic that this, this group of, I guess it's, these are Gen Zers, right? They're, um, I don't know, maybe we've moved on to the next color or letter or whatever. Um, but they really are quite engaged with this information. And so I'm, I'm hopeful that with good information, we can actually help them to create good content <laughs> yeah. and also to follow these behaviors for the lifetime. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think, you know, hopefully in our lifetime, we'll see some advances in medicine that have yet to be implemented that will really hopefully push people, push things forward around things like earlier detention of arterial sclerosis, or even, I mean, even just moving the colonoscopy guidelines from 50 to 45 is major in the right direction. So hopefully the folks like us and younger will start to see more, you know, just different ways to find arterial, arterial sclerosis long before you have a heart attack, for instance. I know there are a lot of things happening in that particular space. Yeah, um, sure. But I love what you're saying about, you're, you're saying to these young people, hey, we're talking about nutrition. And yes, it sounds like there's a very targeted reason why they're there to learn it because they're in a specific niche when you're talking about the service or being of service in a, in a healthcare way or, or trauma-based way. Um, but yet as humans, there's like so much importance around this. So maybe that's a good time for us to sort of talk a little bit more about what inspired you, because I'll just say when I saw your email to your mailing list that you had created this online course on nutrition, I, I was just jumping for joy because I know that you and I have talked about the courses I've created and we've talked about, you know, just different courses that you could just do a brain dump and it's going to have so much impact on people's health. So tell us how this came to be. Yeah. So we should go back, what, maybe four or five years ago when you started really developing a lot of your content in your courses. And I remember being so inspired by a, a really kindred spirit in, you know, trying to bring 
anatomical knowledge to the yoga space. And I just remember being like, yes, exactly. This is what we need more of. And so my, you know, wheelhouse is, is nutrition. And so I've been thinking on this for several years and just prior to COVID. Um, and this is, you know, the fitness industry just keeps supporting me, um, which is why I just feel like it's, it's so important that we all, you know, stay together as a community. Just prior to COVID, I am a Lululemon ambassador and I'm so grateful and honored to work with that company. Um, and they supported me to do a six week in-person course at their Newbury studio, which is kind of like this amazing learning lab of a classroom. If you've never been up there, if you're in the Boston area, it's just a beautiful space um, that you can gather and they're starting to open back up again now that the restrictions are starting to be lifted. But um, it was six weeks long and we had enough space for 20 people to come and it was you know, specifically targeted to fitness professionals um, that just wanted to learn a little bit more about nutrition. And so each week I gave a little lecture and then I brought in an expert really similar to the strong process uh, format that we had used. And so I brought in a couple of dietitians and a couple of scientists, a woman from Northeastern that talked about the gut microbiome that sort of blew everybody's minds. Yeah. Um, and when we advertised it, I, you know, we had 20 spaces and I was like, oh, it would be nice if we can fill some of these spaces. It sold out in about four seconds. And so I knew at that moment that this is just a need and a want of health of fitness professionals to just get more good information and have touch points into the evidence base essentially. And so unfortunately that was in February of 2020, we ended. And then literally two weeks later, the world shut down. And so everything kind of got put on pause. And I had been thinking about this for, you know, the past two years, we moved up to Vermont and I was just like, I don't really know how to get this off the ground. And Lululemon again, sort of stepped up and they were like, Rachel, we know that this is your passion. We know that this is such an important thing for our industry. We want to support you in the creation of this. And so they really stepped up and helped me you know, develop the platform with the learning management system that I'm using and, you know, really encouraged me and everything that I needed to, to create this course, they were right there. And so, you know, again, just a testament to how, to such, to what an incredible community the fitness and wellness industry is in the support of others trying to do amazing things. Huge shout out. Um, and so I've been sort of busting my little behind trying to record all these lectures and get good information. And I decided that it was only going to be a six week course. And I teach a course over at the Harvard Extension School that um, little humble brag, I actually won a teaching award for. And I was like, all right, this is the information that people need to know. And so I've based this now 12 modules um, which is essentially my course at Harvard um, for a very discount price um, to basically give a, a, a 30,000 foot view of the nutrition landscape at large. And then each week we dive into a specific system. Um, and each week we also have a hot diet that we look at that I always get questions about. And so it really took all of this um, the work that I've done at Harvard, the work that I've done with Lulu and the support that you know they've given me all the way back to our conversation over coffee outside of what was then 
back bay yoga with you. Oh, and me. oh, oh, I was going to say zoomies in Charlestown, but back. Oh, it could have been zoomies too. Yeah. We had many com- com- yeah. conversations in there. Yeah. yeah. It have been back bay yoga too. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that sounds amazing. So is this a program that runs on a live schedule or fully pre-recorded consumption by the question. So for this first iteration, it's going to be what we call completely asynchronous. So it is self-guided. Um, so it's 12 weeks long, which means that you won't be live with me, but you certainly have access to me. Um, so at the end of every lecture, it's like, give me a, send me an email, send me a DM, you know, anything that you need, if you have questions, but the goal is that over time we will develop this out a little bit further. And what I would like to do is have each week similar to our strong process forum, we will have an interview like 20 minutes or so with an expert in the space. And I'm talking the expert in the space. So, you know, when we think about gut microbiome, for example, you know, I'll have the guy behind the guy behind the girl who's actually the best um, (laughs) scientist in that space right now. But um, so that's the goal to build that out. And then also to have synchronous sessions um, in the future where we'll have, you know, meetups probably two or three times for that, that 12 week period. But right now, um, for this first iteration, it's a rolling enrollment. Um, and then we will probably next year. So 2023, just have two cohorts and that way we can add that live element to it. Got it. So for someone listening, I mean, a lot of my listeners are yoga teachers, although there could be other fitness professionals who listen to the show. Um, And obviously we're all human beings. So nutrition is important to us as humans. So tell us a little bit about what, what we could gain from taking this program. Like what are we losing weight? Are we changing our diet? Like what, or, or what's kind of the the takeaway for someone when they yeah, get a great this. question. So the goal with this, and as somebody, again, that has operated in this space for 20 some odd years, we all as professionals in the fitness and wellness industry get questions about nutrition from everybody, right? So it's even like, if it's oh, not, even if we're doing something physical, totally. right? It's yeah, not like, like oh, I saw that. Yeah. I saw this yoga teacher who's like doing, drinking this smoothie. Like, what do you know about it? What do you do? You know? And so there's always questions. And so what this is is designed to do is to give the fitness professional, yoga teacher, strength trainer, you know, hit trainer, spin teacher, whatever, um, that just a baseline knowledge of nutrition. So this is what we know about nutrition. Um, We start out with the macronutrients, we go to micronutrients, there's a module on gut health, brain health. Um, We never, I will say, talk about weight loss. Um, So it is, that is not part of this. The goal of these 12 modules is that you understand by the time you're done, how food affects your body. And then what you can do from that is number one, be able to answer some of the simple questions that your clients have, or, and I think this is a really important part. And I put my sort of, you know, networking hat back on, know when this is my, where my scope of practice ends. And I don't know the answer to this. I shouldn't know the answer to this because I am not a nutrition expert, but here is my person that I know will know the answer and can help you. And that's something else that I think about with this space is that we got to work with each other and say like, I'm a yoga teacher. I can answer your questions up until this point, but here's where you need to go and talk to a dietitian and vice versa. Like a dietitian should not be talking about the benefits of 
back bending or you know how yeah. to hold your hips in a in a bridge pose but they could be like i see that this is something that is bothering you you have low back pain please go talk to the your, your yoga instructor and and do modifications from there so um yeah basic nutrition understanding be able to answer the questions that your clients have and then also know when to refer out yeah that's great and i love that whole idea of you know respecting the professional scope and also having people, I mean, it would be interesting for yoga teachers to start to list out the types of people that they might want to refer out to and start to seek out people to fill those slots, whether it's an osteopath or a physiatrist or a physical therapist or nutritionist, as you say, um, to, to really have those names on hand and to facilitate those conversations. That's one of the reasons I love doing the podcast. I have a perfect excuse to kind of <laughs> build that network by asking people to come on the show. So um, I know one of the questions that sometimes comes up when people ask me about my program is how long does it take? And just remind me again, if they're doing it on their own, that means they can do it in whatever time frame they want. That's right. So in this very first iteration, the first module will drop on April 1st. Okay. And then, so you can register for it now. You can pre-register or we're going to keep registration open through the beginning of the summer. Um, okay. So if you start on April 1st, each week, the next module will drop. So if you register for April 1st, it's going to take you 12 weeks. Um, if you register for it in the summer, all 12 of those modules will be live when you okay. register. So you can do it at your own pace. So if you're looking for something, you know, the other thing that I would say about the, the nice thing about the 12 week sort of drip is that you have time to focus on one topic, really think and listen. There's, you know, three to five lectures per module. There's activities that you need to do. Um, there's readings that you want to pay attention to. And so it actually keeps you focused week by week, which is really nice so that you don't skip ahead and um, miss something. I know gut health and I keep bringing it up and brain health are so hot right now. And so I don't want you to skip to modules eight and nine. I want you to get through one through seven before you actually um, can apply that information. Yeah. I always say when teachers enroll in my program and I have that first intro call with them, I say, this is not choose your own adventure. This yeah, is exactly. a blueprint. So follow the steps. Don't go to myofascial release because you want to learn how to use those MFR balls. Start at the beginning because what you're going to learn along the way is going to help you understand exactly the things that you get presented later. Um, so one of the things I'm thinking as you're going through the topics, especially when you talk about brain health or really anything about nutrition is the intricate connection between, you know, the movement the body makes on the yoga mat and the nutrition the person is getting. And just so much that is sort of tossed around out there about things like lactic acid or blood sugar. And so I would think that for the yoga teacher taking this program, there is such an added value to having the fundamental understanding of nutrition so that you can apply that to anatomy, to the movement of the body. I mean, that would be a very intricate connection, yes? 100%. So I think in the research that I do in sort of two veins, I think about performance. And I don't necessarily mean, you know, performing the best at writ large. I mean, performing at your best, right? So it would be like, how can you sort of maximize and optimize your own body 
And so I think about that, number one, is how can you set yourself up? So let's say you're stepping onto your mat first thing in the morning. What are some things that you can do the day before or maybe that morning so that you feel prepared and ready to engage in your practice? And then the other piece that I think about with in my research is recovery, which, you know, they kind of come full circle, but okay, so let's say you have a really challenging practice or you have an injury or something that you're working through. What can you use from a nutrition standpoint that has some evidence behind it? Um, what we do a lot of myth busting, what, what kind of headlines are out there that might not be doing what you think that they are doing. Um, and just to be really honest of this is where the evidence is right now and it's evolving. It's more steady than people I think like to give it credit for. Um, but you know, what is the sort of cutting edge research, actual research that we have and what's just kind of floating out there and is there any kind of evidence base behind some of these things. Got it. So in the last few minutes here, I'm thinking as you're talking about some of the questions that yoga students sometimes ask uh, teachers that hinge on nutrition and on that, on that, in that area. So I just want to ask you one in particular, and I probably have more in there. I'm just thinking this might be an interesting way to kind of make it real for teachers. So I know one of the common questions is, should I eat anything before I practice yoga or should I do it on an empty stomach? And of course you can insert any kind of um, exercise there. But I think oftentimes people practice in the morning if they have a, a home practice. And there's always that confusion of, should I eat a piece of fruit? Should I have a little bit of yogurt? Should I be on an empty stomach? So what, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, so this is an excellent question. And we get this a lot too. Runners ask this question a yeah. lot. Um, and the, the answer, which is often the case in nutrition is it depends, but it depends. I know, but it depends on very specific reasons. So for example, if you are a yogi and you're getting up first thing in the morning, I know in general, the practice for eating before a yoga practice is typically about an hour or two. And the reason for that short of any sort of spiritual reasons why you might do that. The reason for that typically is that it takes a little while for food that is in your stomach to actually get digested and absorbed so that when you are moving and twisting, you don't end up gurgling and your stomach aches and you sort of feel like you're not, you know, at your best. And that is the same for runners. We say this all the time is if eating before this practice makes you perform less well because you are uncomfortable, then don't eat beforehand. That's okay. Um, but if you're not going to eat beforehand, please do get some calories on board within about 30 to 45 minutes afterwards. So that way, as your muscles, as your tissues are regenerating, the building blocks are there for them. Um, the other reason why you might want to have some kind of nutrition on board um, would be to have fuel so that if you feel like I'm practicing and I am sluggish by about 45 minutes, I can just feel the gas in my tank is low. That would be a really good reason to eat something beforehand. And there are some strategies, including eating quickly digested carbohydrates that are going to act as very fast acting fuel in your system that won't give you that GI distress. And so the, it depends, 
depends on performance, meaning if you have something in your stomach that makes you not perform well, don't eat or don't eat within a certain time period. If you need fuel because you feel sluggish, eat something that is going to digest quickly. So that way, when you're doing the bending and you're doing the twisting, you're not distracted by what's going on in your stomach. Got it. Okay. So I have one more question uh, before I let you go that um, when you had said injury makes me think about um, all of the information out there about inflammation. Mm -hmm. So when I think of inflammation prior to some of the podcasts and things I've listened to, like Simon Hill, for instance, talking about inflammation or Dr. Buskowitz talking about inflammation as it relates to the gut. But then as yoga teachers, we might run across inflammation as it lives in the muscles and the muscle tissue as a result of, let's say, an injury, like a tendonitis, like an Achilles tendonitis, someone coming to our class and they have an injury from running and that's inflammation, but that's different from inflammation that could be brought on by maybe the kinds of foods you're eating. So can you just, you know, it's so interesting as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm thinking like there really isn't a lot of distinguishing when we see that word inflammation out there to sort of distinguish the two. So any thoughts on that? Yeah, there is this meme that I love that I saw the other day that was like, inflammation. I don't think you know what that word means. Um, and so this is as somebody that studies muscle, that's my tissue of, of choice. Um, we see that inflammation has um, basically two reasons why it is there. So the, the, the general reason why inflammation happens in your body is to signal the immune system that something needs repair, right? So the interesting thing about exercise is it is always going to be inflammatory, always. So when you exercise- Not in a bad way. Exactly, exactly. So this is where we need to think about the difference between acute or short-term exercise. Let me start again. Acute or short-term inflammation with exercise or chronic inflammation due to some kind of a disease state. So when we look at exercise, a yoga practice, a run, a lift, that by necessity breaks down your muscle tissue. When your muscle tissue breaks down, it releases inflammatory molecules to signal to your immune system to come in and rebuild. When that happens, your muscles rebuild thicker, stronger, more robust. That's critically important. Now, remember that I told you that your muscle is going to release inflammatory molecules. We call these cytokines. This is also going to happen when you have chronic inflammation. So let's say you have an injury that's just nagging you like crazy. You are going to still be releasing those cytokines and that might over time start to cause increases in pain. It could be that that area is chronically inflamed Blamed, and so it is causing compensation. I think, for example, I had a shoulder injury for a while. Um, it was an impingement. And basically it was like, if you didn't get the inflammation down, it wasn't going to get better because 
it was swollen within that space in my shoulder, which was causing me to compensate. So in that case, I wanted to reduce the inflammation, but this is where we miss the mark right now in the fitness and wellness space is that we are constantly saying at every turn that we want to reduce inflammation, including after exercise. And that could not be like more horrible advice that we could give people. We do not want to reduce inflammation after exercise. In fact, we are showing in data that if we do, you actually impair the body's ability to regenerate and make that muscle stronger. So two areas that are getting a lot of research right now are anti-inflammatory supplements or medications. So if you take, you know, so many of these supplements are being marketed as powerful anti-inflammatories and they are. And the problem is, is if you take it after exercise, essentially you're putting a veil exactly in front of those cytokines. It lessens that signal to your immune system and you don't rebuild those tissues in the way that you would hope that would happen. Now, the other area that we see, so those supplements could be the the potent anti-inflammatory, you know, supplement vitamins, you know, things like resveratrol, whatever. Um, But also things like Advil, ibuprofen, Um, people take these as prophylactics or they'll take them after they exercise so they don't get sore. It's kind of the worst thing that you can do. You do not want to do that. Um, let your body heal, let that inflammatory process happen. The other even, thing that it even does, if you experience that DOMS, that delayed onset muscle soreness, that is the physical manifestation sometimes of the inflammation. You feel that soreness the day after a hard exactly. practice or a run. That's exactly right. Um, and so in that case, if you take the Advil or you take these potent anti-inflammatories, your muscle is not going to get regenerated in the way that you want to, because you've put this Um, damper, like you said, or a veil over this signal. Now, that being said, if you have chronic inflammation, which we see is a precursor to future injury, it could be a precursor to disease states like hypertension, cardiovascular disease, type two diabetes, all of these things have an inflammatory relationship. That is different. So that is what we consider chronic inflammation. And in that case, starting to take some of these more anti-inflammatory supplements, perhaps pain medication is in fact a good thing because it will reduce that inflammation so that your body can get ahead of whatever that injury is. Mm -hmm. But in that case, we also want to be really careful because we're seeing that people are, again, conflating these two ideas in their head. And, you know, we think about this, like if a little is good, a lot is better. And so people will start just really overdoing it with some of these things. And if you look at, you know, I've got friends that wake up in the morning and they're seeing some, you know, functional medicine doctor has them on 17, 18, 19 pills in the morning. And I'm like, your body is not designed to handle that. So looping back to nutrition, one of the best ways that we can, can, yeah, exactly. One of the best ways that we can keep this chronic inflammation at bay is to make sure that we're getting physiologic doses of these antioxidants, which we get from food and the most powerful, most potent foods that we can get these antioxidants from plants. So whole grains, nuts, seeds, fruits, vegetables, Um, These are naturally occurring antioxidants that your body knows how to deal with this dosage. Yeah, I, I, 
it was funny when we started this part of the conversation, I didn't think we were going to end there on the plant whole food. <laughs> Um, however, it's perfect um, because I really think it does give people an easy thing to do, whether it's just, you know, grab those three pieces of fruit uh, or add more salad to your dinner or, you know, make your plate more plant-based versus protein-based uh, and think about it through the lens of anti-inflammatory, not just plain old nutrition, which sometimes people have kind of been raised saying, you know, eat your vegetables, but now we can kind of link it to something maybe a little more cachet. It's anti-inflammatory. Oh, okay, great. I'll do it. Exactly. Um, and I will, I'll add a little bit to that too. Yeah. A little plug for plants is that, you know, we're, everybody is also, when we're thinking about all these supplements and, you know, gut health is super hot right now. Should I take a probiotic? Should I take a whatever? Um, and as it turns out, plants are the best thing for your gut bacteria as well, because they munch on the fiber in plants. It's the one thing that they love to eat. You actually do not have an enzyme to break down fiber in your body. Humans do not, but the bacteria do, and that's what they love. And one of the things that we're seeing within the data is the best thing that you can do to encourage healthy flora in your gut. So encouraging all those good bacteria um, to thrive and keep those bad bacteria, which actually it's good that they're there in some cases. Um, if you think about it like a forest, you want the spiders as well as the beautiful birds. Um, the, the fiber is actually going to keep that forest, if you will, um, in a very healthy and thriving environment. And so, yeah, plants, man, eat them. Yeah. And then the more fiber, the benefit down the line, no pun intended in terms of colon health colon and exactly. colon cancer. hundred percent. Yep. Yeah. It all fits together. All puts together. Wow. So as we wrap up here, let people know, well, first of all, tell us your Instagram because your Instagram is always packed with really good data as well as health information. So tell people how to find you on Instagram. Yeah. So they can find my personal page, which is where I tend to like tee off a little bit more, um, is Rachel Pajednik. So it's kind of a funny spelling, but it's Rachel with an E. It's, it's at the end, R-A-C-H-E-L-E-P-O-J-E-D-N-I-C. Um, and that's where I'm on on Instagram. You can also find me at Strong Process, um, which is, you know, you can find me through Strong Process. Yep. Um, and then the course, if you're interested, is at strongprocess.com. Um, and there's a link right as you step into the courses and you can, you can look there. Got it. That's perfect. And I'll include your Instagram handle and a link to strong process in the show notes. So for people listening, if you go to my website, look up this episode, the show notes are attached and you'll find those links there. And you can always DM Rachel on Instagram. If you can't find Rachel, DM me, I'll connect you with Instagram, uh, her on Instagram. Well, thank you so, so much for doing this. This was great. And oh, I thank you, Karen. I'm so grateful for you and for your continued support. Oh, of course. I just want this information out there. I mean, I feel like every time I go to a dinner party, the conversation turns to nutrition. It doesn't <laughs> matter who's at the table and like the, the data heavy air quotes is yeah. flying. And I'm just like, okay, this is obviously an area that everybody is um, is looking for more info on. So it's really a public service that you created a course on this. It should kind of be like, do your taxes, take Rachel's course, you know, I love like it. that would be a great, maybe you can forge some 
some bonds there with the there IRS. Go. What to use your tax return for is um, <laughs> exactly, <for>. exactly. <laughs> All right. So just stay on for one second. I'm going to cut the recording here and I just want to catch up with you. So just hang on one moment. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you go, I want to let you know about a new mini course I just created as of October, 2021. It's called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program mini course. It's essentially an introductory version to my signature program that teaches you anatomy so that you grow your confidence in sharing cues and sequences and in all those conversations you have with your students. If you're like some of the yoga teachers I speak to, you might feel as if you don't have the time to do my full program. That's one of the main reasons I created this mini course, which will give you all the same steps in my signature blueprint approach to teaching you anatomy and will allow you to complete it in much less time. There are 10 modules each of about 10 minutes each, and the entire program walks you through mini lessons from the larger program. You'll leave with specific new skills that you can start to use right away. You may also leave with a keen interest in enrolling in the larger program because your curiosity and confidence have been stoked. For you, the podcast listener, I'm offering $5 off the purchase price of the mini program, which is just priced at $27, so the cost will go down to $22 for you. Once you complete the mini course, you'll see in the next step section how to get a $50 credit to put towards the larger program should you decide to invest in that in the future. To purchase the mini program, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com, click the link for online courses, and select the mini course link. When you check out before you enter your credit card, enter the code podcast, and you will receive the $5 off. I hope you enjoy the program. I hope it stokes your curiosity and builds your confidence. Namaste.